Hello everyone, it's Olga Zar from SEO Sly. This is the SEO podcast by SEO Sly. Today I have a very special guest. This is Nikki. Nikki, how are you doing? I'm really good, thanks. Yeah, going well, busy week, but I'm excited to be here and chatting with you today. Yeah, yeah, me too, me too. I, I've been meaning to invite you for a long time, but I always ha- have so many things going on, and but I finally did it, so I'm happy we are recording this. Okay, Nikki, so can you tell me what you do right now and how you get started, when you get started? I want to like know your SEO story in, in much detail. Yeah, sure. Uh, so right now I'm working basically two jobs. So I oh. work as a um, SEO freelancer, um, doing all of the freelance stuff. So audits, I've got clients um, that I work with on retainers, as well as obviously, you know, a lot of ad hoc work. But I also work as a, at an agency alongside this uh, as a tech SEO specialist. So I'm balancing the two. I work for Journey Further. Um, uh-huh. they, they're aware of my freelance work and very happy for me to continue doing that, which obviously is great. So I balance the two. So I wake up in the morning and I do SEO. And when I go to sleep at night, I'm also doing SEO, uh, yeah. sometimes dreaming about spreadsheets, which is very boring and very annoying at the same time. Yeah. I'm um, having the same thing. Yeah. I exactly the oh, really? same. And also for, for a long time, I was doing like both having a job at the agency and doing freelancing. But I finally had to choose. <laughs> I was unable to continue <laughs> this way. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. It's um definitely, you know, past that point of of making that decision. But it's it's always a tough decision, isn't it? When you've got to like make the leap. It's, yeah, totally. It's scary. Totally. totally. And in my case, it didn't change the amount of work I do. I would say I even work more now. So but that's okay. I can believe it. I always see you doing more and more, even with like your YouTube and this podcast and everything else. I'm like, don't yeah. ever stop. I don't think you do. Yeah. yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. I'm trying to kind of cool down a little bit, but it's hard. Okay, Nikki, mm-hmm. but this show is about you. Tell me when you get started and how you get started. What brought you to SEO? Uh, I got started about seven or eight years ago and... I fell into it, which I feel like is the case with most of us who work into SEO. I don't know anybody that actually, you know, woke up one day and decided SEO is what I yeah. want to, to do. I'm sure there are. I just haven't met them. So uh, when I left university, um, I worked for a music company. So was working with, within the music industry and I was doing marketing for them and the musicians that they work with. So that was very much... Um, getting their artists into online magazines and getting them into podcasts um, on uh, podcasts and playlists on the likes of Spotify and all those other types of uh, streaming stores. And because I was doing the marketing, when the manager, when the CEO decided we need a new website, he just came to me and said, Nikki, you can do that. And I'm like, I don't know the first thing about websites, but yes, I can do that. That won't be a problem. Uh, it was a Word, WordPress website, so I did the best I could building it from there, just playing around with lots of things. I built like a local staging version of the website on my very large iMac screen, which posed problems later on when we were using smaller screens and things didn't look the same, but didn't know that at the time. Um, but yeah, so I broke a lot of things. I learned a lot of things and it went from there, really. It's... After building that website, figuring out what the problems were when it eventually went live, and then we needed it to to rank, of course. You know, we needed to bring in more business. So I needed to figure out how to do that. So I did. I started learning uh, through people on online, on Twitter, following people, reading blogs. And because I felt like I learned so much building this company website, I created my own website which is just NikkiHalliwell.com. It's still there now. It looks a lot better now than it did back in the day. Um, But that's what I started. And I was just messing around with things. It wasn't even an SEO website at the time. Um, But yeah, and it's through experimenting on that website with what people had told me or what I'd read online that I was able to figure things out for myself and then start to implement them. And then I would do it on on the company website. Um, 
which went very well. Um, but when I left that company, it was a case of well, what do I what do I want to do now? And I wasn't really sure. Uh, I knew that I liked SEO, but I didn't even know that that was like a career option. I thought it'd be a similar sort of thing, working in house. I didn't know that agencies existed uh, at that point. And then I found uh, an agency um, in Manchester, and that was the first one I I worked for. And I've worked with with agencies ever since, really, and and grown and and learned from there. Yeah, it's probably agencies are the best place to learn, like hands-on SEO. So, in how many agencies have you worked? One, two, three, four, f- about five. Oh, nice. Five or six, give or take. One. Yeah. Yeah, about five or six. Yeah. And can you share some of the things you you like there? Some of the things you learned from your SEO agency, kind of part of your career. Basically what you said, so it's definitely being hands-on. You get thrown into the deep end a lot. And it was through my first agency where I was learning everything because everything that I'd learned on the company website when I went to music, it was okay, but it you know, it wasn't what we would do now as, as SEOs. Probably. Um, so that was like my first experience of properly learning SEO and what all the various tools were as well because I didn't know half of the tools. I was just making it up as as I went along so yeah definitely getting to, to know all the tools and that's when I got more into into tech SEO when I saw that site speed was a thing and that site speed mattered and all of that fun stuff but I like that it's always something different in agency side as well because you're working with lots of different clients on a daily basis it's very similar to, to freelance so you're working with lots of different people lots of different industries and they all have different challenges yeah, and that's totally. exciting to me, just getting to to see what works for one client in one industry and how different rules even sometimes apply for, for other industries. There's certain things that you can and cannot say on uh, on some websites, even though that's their target keyword. That is the one thing that they do. But they can't actually mention that keyword on their yeah. website, which I've, I've come across uh, before in, in regulated industries. So it's just figuring out different pieces of the puzzle and, and how to challenge each thing differently. And that's that's what I like about SEO really and the agency agency life just just fits into that really well yeah totally totally and regarding university what did you study so you had no like technical background my at university I did music technology okay so okay. that was about like recording in like music studios and that's what I thought I wanted to do that's what I did at college and that's what I, I went on to do at, at university so Lots oh. of messing around with with microphones, like we're doing on on this podcast here. But you know, recording people, yeah, in in studios, yeah. and that's what I wanted to do, or what I thought I wanted to do was was be a music producer. And I had these visions of working with all these famous artists in these big, big studios. Um, so it, it was like tech in that respect, but you know, definitely not computer based. Sure. So I need to ask: Do you have a podcast, or are you planning on creating one? I did. Um, so oh. over lockdown, it wasn't SEO, um, but it was over lockdown. So me and my wife have uh, another website um, that's talking about like LGBT uh-huh. uh, issues. And we, we're also really into like true crime uh, as well as like queer history. So we, we blended the two. And that's what we did over lockdown was we would talk about LGBT history oh, one I week and then that. the next thing after think it might still be on spotify uh-huh. um but yeah we talk about lgbt history one week and then the next we talk about like true crime but it would be uh-huh. something that was like against the lgbt community or committed by the lgbt community it was really interesting uh-huh. but then after lockdown it just became too much to to continue doing it um and now we just continue it with with the website which probably needs a, a little bit of love uh because it's, it's been a minute but yeah, that was uh-huh. that was what I did. I haven't really thought about doing an SEO one, um, but I don't know. Maybe in the future we'll see. Uh huh. And does your wife do SEO as well? No, she's a copywriter. Oh, so it's, that's a it's, nice blend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We 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 work quite well together. Um, she does. She's not interested in SEO. I've tried. Um, uh-huh. she goes she goes as far as you know her copywriting and and her keywords, but. It's too technical for her. She just rather uh-huh. rather stick to what what she does best, and it works for us, you yeah. know. Especially on on the freelance side, I'm able to pass work to her, and and she does the same to me. So it's like it's yeah. like you say, it's very complimentary. 
Yeah, cool. And uh, so regarding your freelancing, so what exactly is it that you are now offering? And in addition to your, your company website, I think you have a website about audits uh, only as well, if I remember correctly, right? So do you also have like other websites, like affiliate websites or stuff like that? Yeah, I've lost count oh. and probably like any SEO, I've oh. owned far too many domain names and some of them just sit there and I wonder what to do with them. And it's like, one day I'll do that website and it just oh, sits yeah. there. Totally. But I know, it's it's a problem, isn't it? I think we need like, instead of like Gamblers Anonymous, we need like Domain Names Anonymous yeah. where it's when it becomes a problem and we're just addicted to buying them. Uh, so yeah, I've got uh, my consultancy website, which is uh, just NikkiHalliwell.com. So that's um, for like my retained clients and lots of like ad hoc stuff that that might come in. So I offer, as I say, consultancy, do do audits through that one as well. Um, like migration work, you name it, it comes through that. But yeah, I do have a um, audit specific website, which is TechSEOAudits.com. Um, and that's like my newest one really so that specializes in audits we've got various different packages that I offer on that one depending on the size of the website that you have but what I'm really trying to do with with that website was tailor it a lot more to to the companies and and the individuals that that were asking Uh for for audits because the problem that I find is people would just make an audit and deliver it in whatever format worked for the SEO but then that doesn't really work for for the client yeah. so what I'm able to allow people to do through that is literally as part of the checkout process is choose what works so when you know what sort of audit you want whether it's like a, a basic one or you want an in-depth one you can choose if you just want it in a spreadsheet format because that, that does work for a lot of people but if you're delivering it to, to higher stakeholders or need to be able to present this to other people you might need it mm. in uh, in a, uh, a presentation format so you can choose that or if you want it in in a word document as well you can choose that so you get to customize exactly what works for you um obviously that has an impact on the price um but you know you know exactly what you're going to get then and it's you can customize it a lot more and that's what yeah. i do with with all of the audits on there that includes uh, backlink audits there's also keyword research um and all of that fun stuff as well as a couple of more products that that are coming soon to it but yeah, I found that it, it really works well and, and it instills a lot of confidence in in people yeah. that are looking for audits. They they know what they're getting. Yeah, that, that's a very good idea to kind of offer different formats because I usually ha- had, had I, at first I was offering audits in the form of uh, Google Sheets. Then I yeah. kind of started to offer as Google Doc with, a lots, with lots of explanations. Yeah. But then I came to realize that some clients wanted this over that and, and I started to offering like two simultaneously. But what you're saying about the presentation, that's that's also like like an important important format. And can you tell me which ones do you sell the most? Which ones are the most popular? Which ones you prefer the most? I prefer the spreadsheets uh, the most. Um, so like if you choose one of the others, you get the spreadsheet as well. You just uh-huh. get it in the additional format so you okay. can share that as needed. Um, I Yeah, I prefer the spreadsheets because that's personally how my brain works and I like the way that it, it's set out and it's, you know, it, it does look good. It's it's understandable yeah. for, for people at all sorts of um, levels in the business and experience anyway. I mean, I was presenting an audit yesterday um, to like a high street brand and they just had the spreadsheet version and, and they loved it and they didn't have any problem with understanding it but it just depends on what they're then going to do with it obviously if they're presenting it to other people then they might need it in the other format um, but the the word document is is the second most popular because people are able to to read it and really get down in, into the details and understand it fully uh-huh. I find that the presentation format is only really used when they need to present it to like leaders in the business who just need the highlights Uh and they don't need to actually see yeah the specific details they can have the details but you know when it's when it's being presented in a meeting it's a lot easier for them to get the information they need from from a presentation but I mean that's that's why I did it because I was getting the same thing as you and it was like you know do I do it in this format or this format or then I put all this time into the word document and then I can see that people are not actually reading it so it's like well why did I put all that time and effort into it Whereas with creating this website, people are able to to choose what yeah. works for them, and and I know what's expected of me. They know what they're gonna get in, and it's yeah, just just more transparency, which is what I'm I'm trying to do with with a lot of the the work, and yeah, so far so good. 
Yeah, cool. And and how do you promote this website? Do you just SEO it? Is there a blog to this website? I don't remember. Yeah, there's a blog. Um, uh, my wife helps out with that content, interestingly ah. enough. We, uh, we, do, we do it together. Um, so yeah, there's a blog. I do socials um, and chat on things like this. Um, uh-huh. But also um, I've started... I'm still a little bit embarrassed about it, um, but I've started like a, a TikTok uh, oh. talking about SEO and uh, it's a lot more basic on TikTok, which is interesting. So a lot of the things that do well is literally what is keyword research? Why do I need backlinks and why do backlinks matter? So it's a lot of the more basic stuff that that does well on there. But then I'm able to to syndicate that content out onto uh, Instagram and also little bits on YouTube, just as like YouTube shorts. Um, I'll probably extend that into, into longer form videos at some point. But yeah, it just feels awkward a little bit doing it on, on videos. Um, and it's something that I'm I'm still getting used to. I've only been doing that for for just over a month, but it it does do uh-huh. well. It's just like a, a slower a slower progress on those, like a, a slower burn. But it, it's it's fun. It's it's fun to do. So we'll we'll see. So you have your own YouTube channel. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. So I I have to add it to to notes. Podcast <laughs> notes. Okay, okay. Uh, that's that's interesting and. Can you tell me more about the the Excel uh, spreadsheet? Like, uh, do you like put all the all the data into one spreadsheet in different tabs, or do you refer to to like other other files? I'm I'm just curious about like how exactly your your audits look. If you can, of course, share. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, yeah, it's it's all in the one document within various tabs. So I have like a summary uh, at the at the start. Uh, that's one tab with like the top level metrics that that people uh, like to see. Uh, the next one is basically the the list of checks that I've gone through as part of the audit. That has lots of detail on that. The next one is everyone calls it something different. You might call it an issue log or findings or whatever. Personally, I call mine a rag matrix because not only is it an, an issue log, but then I use that to like prioritize each of the orders um, and I've got various different uh, methodologies that I use for determining which is the top priority items then I have the roadmap um, which is laid out based on the client it's not just red items go first I, uh-huh. I mix it up and you know that's um, that's different for each one and everything mm-hmm. else and then yeah after that it, you've got all the tabs of, of the various issues um, and again that, that just came on the back of dealing with clients you know it's frustrating for for us and for them to have to be like right I'm working on this where do I find these urls you've told me that there's an issue with canonicals you've told me that there's an issue with page titles where do I find them and then I've got to go back to my call and export them or find my spreadsheets and send them across whereas if you do it all at the same time number one that's automated as part of my audit so I just upload um, the urls that I find and then it automatically counts them and then obviously I, I talk about them in the audit but also yeah it means that the client knows that everything's there and, and ready for, for them to deal with. And then when we come to work on them, it, it saves time for me as well. Cause I've, I've got the data there from, from the time. Um, and then I can just work through, through each audit. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that's, um, that's how I tend to do it. I mean, it's, it's always changing. It, it gets yeah. updated a lot with obviously latest developments in the industry and, and things that, that clients ask for as well. Yeah, sure. And can you estimate how many audits you have performed so far, more or less? Uh, I don't even know where to start. Uh, um, hundreds. I've I've not been asked that question before. Um, <laughs> yeah, hundreds, if if not more. I've yeah, yeah I've, I've definitely lost count. Yeah, do you know how many you've done? I've lost count too, but I think uh, mo- probably now more than 200, but, but yeah, I, I, I stopped counting at some point <laughs> and I will yeah. know, never know probably now. <laughs> no, I don't think I want to know. Cause then it would be like, okay, how many hours has that taken me? How many hours have I spent? How many days basically have I spent yeah. just doing SEO audits? And yeah, I, I don't think I want to know that. Yeah, totally. And regarding hours, how many hours on average, of course, it depends. Do you spend doing an audit? Uh, I told myself that I wasn't going to say it depends on this uh, podcast, but I've just, I've just done it. You have um, to. I know. Um, yeah. Um, for, for like a smaller website with like a basic audit, probably like a, a couple of days and then up to like a more advanced audit can be... Um, 
don't know, like four-ish days, all in all. Yeah, <laughs> four, yeah. Um, weeks, months, years. Um, uh-huh. Yeah. Years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh it, yeah, it can be about a about a week um for for a larger audit. Mm-hmm. And uh, do we also do EEAT audits or traffic drop assessments? Yeah, so um that's included in my main audit, but yeah, if you uh-huh. want more of like a deep dive into it, then then yeah, I can definitely do those do those separately. Um, don't really get many people looking at EEAT, but yeah, definitely like the the traffic drop, especially on the back of migrations. That's yeah. a that's a common one. It's like we did this without SEO help, and our traffic has dropped, and we don't yeah, know why. Yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, totally, totally. And can you can you recall some of the like weirdest mistakes uh, issues you you have seen in in the in last I don't know 100 audits you did? <laughs> <laughs> um, some of the weirdest. I mean, the the typical is always you know with the with the website going live no indexed, and it's like we don't know why we're not ranking, and it's like well I do, I can see that <laughs> nice and easily. Um, that's a pretty common one though. Weirdest. But yeah, there's yeah. like a lot of like hreflang issues mm-hmm. and things just just not set up correctly at all with with that cookie banners are also actually causing more issues at the minute and also just uh-huh. like there, there was one recently where there was like meta oh, refresh me. there was like uh-huh. meta refreshes that, that were involved and it came on the back of a weird deployment that happened that happened at the same time as the deployment of the new cookie banner so oh. the urls were changing between uk and us and they couldn't figure out why and they thought it was a javascript redirect but when when you properly looked into it, it was it was just this weird meta refresh oh, that they were coming up to. And yeah, I'd never seen that before, and hopefully I won't see it again because that was that was a weird one and it was it was quite annoying. But yeah, we uh-huh. we got there in the end. But yeah, there's there's all sorts that come up. There's there's no two audits the same, is there? There's yeah. there's always something weird about other one, and you're like, oh, this audit won't take me long, and then you find something, and then you go down a rabbit hole and hours later you're still looking at the same issue yeah totally totally okay and what are your favorites seo audit tools the ones without which you couldn't perform an audit tools uh well screaming frog is the go-to that's like my old faithful um spend a, a lot of time with with that one uh, i also really like Sightbulb. i like uh-huh. the, the level of detail that that they go into and Encore is one that we started using recently at uh, at Jenny further and that's gone really well for us um, just with obviously it being a larger um, sorry with it being a cloud crawler for, for the larger websites uh, mm-hmm. that makes it a lot easier for them obviously uh, Google Analytics and Search Console and all those typical sort of tools um, site speed I like uh, GT Metrics for that that's uh-huh. um, that's like one of my go-tos obviously we use like PageSpeed Insights as well as web page test various chrome extensions uh, yeah. that i use and so do you think speed is is important as long as you're doing it for the right reasons yes uh-huh. and what i mean is you're not doing it just to get a green tick or to get a perfect 100 out of 100 score um if you're doing it for that then no but if you're doing it to actually benefit your users and you know that it's a problem and you know you're going to help them convert then then yes yeah perfect answer I'd- yeah, I don't think that's going to change either. I mean, a lot of people were, were talking about that, weren't they, with like the mobile-friendly test and, yeah. and other ranking signals being being removed. They're like, site speed doesn't matter anymore. It's like, no, it's always going to matter. And, yeah. and in my opinion, that's that's why they're removing it. It's because of a lot of people are just chasing it to say on Twitter, I've got 100 out of 100 on mobile. My website's perfect. But yeah. it's, it's actually not Is if it? you try and load it up. Yeah. Um, and I think that's a good thing. You know, there's tools like Debug Bear as well, which we also use so you can see like the the site speed um, performance over time and, and how that's changed and what's actually impacting them. I think that's that's a really, really good tool for doing that, actually. Um, but yeah, it's, if, if you're doing it for the right reasons, then yes, site speed's always going to be important. Okay. You know, it, 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 sorry, I was just going to say, if, yeah, um, yeah. if your website loads slower than your competitors, I mean, who are you more likely to, to buy from at the end of the day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a great point. And uh, one more question about audits. Uh, everyone, every auditor approaches audits a bit differently. Can you walk me through your process, like from start to beginning? Like, how do you get started? Is it like, what do you do? Like, you, you have a site, someone bought the audit, and how do you get started? 
I start by having to play around. Um, I just use the website, get an understanding of of what the main landing pages are and what the, yeah. the focus of the business is. Are they, I don't know, selling weddings? Is it a wedding venue or is it an e-commerce store selling shoes? You know, obviously everyone's different, but I think I, I try and put myself as best I can in the shoes of a user and be like, right, I want to book a wedding. So how do I go through that process and yeah. think about what questions I might want answered and go through that. And then, you know, is it is it a contact form to convert on that? Or am I trying to buy a new pair of trainers? And am I able to filter down to find a blue pair of my favorite brand in my size? And is it, are they gendered men or, or and women? Or, you know, how does that affect the URLs? And I follow that as far as possible through down to conversion without actually spending money unless I actually want to. Um, Sometimes, you know, I get like a, a code from them. So I'm able to actually follow through the, the full checkout mm-hmm. process. Um, then I call the site. I'll set it up in whatever crawler I'm using and, and have a look at um, analytics as well. And then slowly start to, to bring it all together into into the spreadsheet and build it out from there if we need to. But the yeah, the, the number one thing is actually using the website like a user because that's, yeah. that's what matters most at the end of the day. Yeah, totally, totally, totally. I, I remember at the at the very beginnings of, of my SEO career at the agency, one of the first audits I did, I, I remember that I wasn't like really going through the website. I was just simply going through through a checklist and, mm-hmm. and a crawler without actually interacting with the site. And now I think it is like fundamental. The first thing you should do is to actually like look at the site from from the from the perspective of a real user. Yes, because we as auditors, we can often just uh, browse the site for 30 seconds and we'll find some SEO issues already. You probably know that feeling. (laughs) Yes, 100%. It happens all the time. Um, Even just like simple things, isn't it? Like the convert button. I mean, like I had a simple, well, relatively simple one uh, recently, whereas when I looked at the website on mobile, which is the important distinction as well, don't just look at it on our devices. We need to have a look and see how it performs on mobile but i had it recently when you you added stuff to cart and went to check out and this was on like a health and beauty sort of website uh-huh. so you added it to the cart you're all good and then when you went to press the the checkout button uh no it wasn't it was the it was the pay button so it's right at the end of the conversion process the chat bot was right in the way so you couldn't uh-huh. actually get to the pay button because of the chat bot and even when you you close oh the chat bot down it was still there in the corner of the screen like in, oh. in some capacity so you couldn't get to it i mean the only way um eventually was to like rotate my phone and then i could just about <laughs> get to it but it but was just like do this that. Is... yeah exactly and it was yeah. like this is, this is ridiculous that's that's why oh. you're performing so poorly on on mobile but then on desktop that wasn't an issue and i'd have never spotted that um had i not tried to do that on mobile as well and the the business wasn't even aware of it. Obviously, the customers were, because that's why they were were struggling, and they were probably shopping with with competitors after after not being able to get past that. But yeah, the the business had no idea. But thankfully, we were able to to fix that quite quickly. Yeah, that's a nice catch, really. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so you you also have a technical SEO uh, SEO newsletter, right? I do. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Tell that just started. Yeah, it started just on the back of um, tweeting, basically. And uh-huh. I would do like a, I call it Tech SEO Tuesday. So I'd tweet one particular tip on a Tuesday. And from, you know, that was that was doing quite well on, on Twitter. And then I started to roll it out onto LinkedIn. And then it did even better. And people were just engaging with like the, the little snippets of advice that I put uh-huh. out. So then I was like, well, how can I do this into something a little bit more detailed, which I kept finding that people were, were asking for. So then, yeah, I just created Tech SEO Tips, which is, as I say, it's, it's the extension of, of the, the tweets. So uh-huh. I'll talk about a particular issue of the week. Sometimes it's the same one that I've tweeted, or it might be a weird issue that I've come across, like the, the chatbot on mobile or just some news, like big changes in the industry, like, like generative AI and things like that. I'll talk about them in like a, a small paragraph and... Mm-hmm. And then towards the the 
the bottom-ish, I'll include articles, like popular ones from the week. I know I've had a couple of yours in there as well yeah, as, yeah. as others in the industry. I've, no, your articles are great. I, I always love it when, when I come across one of yours in, in my Twitter you. feed or, or anywhere else. Um, but yeah, that, that goes in the newsletter and then that goes out once a week. Uh-huh. And can you share how many subscribers you are? Um, you have. Wait. Um, uh, what was it? About, uh, five or six hundred. It's it's, uh-huh. it's not huge, but it's 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 going well, and there's you yeah. know um, in, engaged visitors. It's certainly not huge, but we're we're going slowly but surely. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Uh, okay, so I guess technical SEO is like your favorite part of SEO, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, do you also like, do you also do like JavaScript SEO, JavaScript audits? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. Okay. Yeah. Can you share something about this? Is there something like some interesting case you had with JavaScript websites? Yeah, I mean, like a common one that I come across is just, um, and I've seen this on lots of different websites, but it's to do with like um javascript buttons and links hidden behind those buttons and that are only accessible with with javascript and that happens a lot with products but more often with with blogs actually so Mm -hmm. the search engine often struggles to find blogs beyond page one um uh, sorry struggles to find articles beyond page one i mean Mm -hmm. yeah if they're linked to internally and they're included in the xml sitemap they can you know still be still be discovered that way but that's not always the case. So, you know, uh-huh. Google is only able to see the the content that's on the first page of, of the blog and can't see anything on um, page two and beyond. And that's because Google cannot and will not click on buttons. So if if the link to that page two or if that load more button doesn't actually contain a, a href link, then it's got nothing to follow and it, and it can't discover those, those other pieces of content. Yeah. So that's one I come across a lot. We sorted that recently at uh, at Journey Further with a uh, client who's in like the finance industry. So they've got a lot of important information on there about you know money saving and mortgages and how to protect yourself from fraud and all of that stuff. Uh-huh. And a lot of it was was just getting hidden, unfortunately, or wasn't doing as well as as what it should have been. And we were able to implement more typical pagination onto that and we immediately saw saw the results on the back of it and it works it works quite well i mean i'm you know javascript definitely has its its place i like javascript i'm certainly not against it but it's just making sure that you're using it in the right way and not using it you know on on buttons like that i mean we all love shiny features and things that make our websites look good and, and they're great but just make sure that you're you're setting up your your links correctly yeah yeah totally and do you work remotely? Yeah, a bit of both. So um, the agency they they do have an office, but they're they're very much flexible in all respects. That you know that they, they don't even work nine to five. You know, if you need uh-huh. to be flexible for whatever reasons, you you can be. Um, I do go into the office, but not as often as I should. Um, <laughs> but that's partly because I've got very you can't see them because of the way my, my camera's set up. But I've got about four screens set up here. Um, uh-huh. So okay. obviously, I can't, I can't, I can't do that in in an office. So I'm able to to have all the screens and have my all singing, all dancing little setup here. Um, but it is like I, I do like going in the office and obviously socializing with people and just bouncing ideas off is is always good. Um, but yeah, m- most of the time I'm I'm here. Yeah, and do you also attend conferences, SEO conferences, or have you have you spoken anywhere? I haven't seen you on Brighton SEO or I missed you. No, you haven't seen me. Um, yes, I do attend um, as much as possible. Um, Brighton SEO, uh, Women in Tech SEO as well is, is yeah. brilliant. I'm, um, I'm part of that community and I've um, attended the last three conferences that, that they've done as well. Um, have, have I spoken? No. Um, I'm, I'm warming up to it. It's... Um, anxiety is not fun uh-huh but um so that's something that i'm i'm battling with but yeah i've um starting to get a few a few pitches out there and hopefully you'll you'll see me on a on a stage near you soon uh-huh like, yeah I, I i think i also have the have this issue so you can say you are suffering from imposter syndrome as well a hundred percent yeah oh okay it looks like like I interviewed a lot of women and so far I, I can say that most of them 
said the same thing. Yeah, I think so. I think it's a common thing just for women in most injuries, most industries, but especially in industries like ours that are more tech. You know, it's even though there's there's plenty of us out there. I mean, you only have to have a look at women in tech SEO as a community. There's thousands of women on there, so there's plenty of us in the industry. But yeah, unfortunately, I think a lot of us do come across as as that. But I think a lot of it as well is just, you know, I, I do talk like this all day long um you know I do presentations with with clients and my own sort of stuff but I feel like if I'm gonna speak at an event that's when my imposter syndrome really kicks in and it was like well I've got nothing to say that's not already been said but I know that's not true yeah I know I've got I know I've got plenty to say and sometimes it's also perspective. The, yeah that's what I was gonna say yeah sometimes it's the different perspectives but it's just, you know, say if I want to talk about audits and I'm like, oh, well, someone did an audit last year. And it's like, yeah, but it's not going to be my audit. It's not going to talk about it in the way that, that I do and actually help people to prioritize them or come across whatever issues they may be facing. And it's just it's just getting that to, to sink into my head because it, it just doesn't want to. And saying that to you now, I know it makes sense and I know that, that that's true. But yeah, the, the minute I come, come to submit that submit pitch button, then it's just it just kicks in. But yeah, like I say, I'm, I'm starting to get a, a few more out there. Uh huh. So, so. Uh, I pitched uh, to Brighton, I think, two times last last year, last time, and uh, this time, and I was pitching for for SEO audits, different different kind of angles of SEO mm-hmm. audits, and and then they didn't accept me. So this kind of made my mm, imposter syndrome probably worse. But on the other hand, I'm thinking that maybe maybe that's simply not 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 the time yet. I'm still very busy doing my kind of podcasts, YouTube newsletter, so I am busy enough. But that that was also something that I can say made it a bit worse, at least temporarily. They don't know what they're missing. Like honestly, <laughs> the, to have you on the stage oh. would would be amazing, and I'd definitely love, love to see that. So don't give up. But I know, oh. I know I'm not taking my own advice either when I say that. So um, I definitely need to. But I mean, it's that's the other thing as well. It's like obviously, an SEO doesn't pay you at the minute, whereas I know like women in tech and some of the others do. And there's there's a lot of time that goes into these things. But oh. I would I do definitely want to want to speak at point at some point. But yeah, w- women in tech SEO they they do pay you to to speak at those oh. conferences. And oh. Arish takes yeah, check it out. Like Arish takes uh, very good care of of all of her speakers as well. I think they're still ex- accepting for for next year's one, but if not, there's there's a couple of others that are coming up. So yeah, d- definitely check it out. Yeah, it's it's but, an, an amazing event as well. You know, it's I full am, of women that feel the same as yeah, us. And, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm trying to at least attend this next year, if not speak. Yeah, because yeah, definitely. I heard this is so 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 wonderful to to be there. Yeah, hundred percent. Okay, so now maybe this question. Uh, what do you think currently is uh, the area of SEO we should be focusing on more than we do? What what's what are your thoughts on that? It's Underrated. Weirdly, <laughs> it's weirdly not a tech answer. It's more content, oh. and I think a lot of people are getting lazy with it, and that's because of Chat GPT and all of the other tools. And even some of my freelance clients recently, so I'd create a, like a brief for them, and then they come back with a an article the next day that is very clearly generated in in ai and and they think that that's fine um but is your wife using chat gpt at least as an assistant yeah but that's the difference using it as an assistant instead of writing the the whole article and that's that's the problem i mean i use chat chat gpt and and i think it's fine it's it's a great tool i'm certainly not against it i'm quite the opposite but it's just using it as a tool as opposed to do the work for you because you know we you, you need unique content you need content that's helpful hence the helpful totally. content update and i think people are just getting lazy and they think that it's not going to make a difference to use those sorts of tools to create articles you know in in 10 minutes and get them all up online straight away because we need content and it's like, well yeah you do but what's going to make your content different from from my mm-hmm. content you know i could create a I don't know if I've got a health client I could create a health website tomorrow and throw up a bunch of articles but that doesn't mean my content's correct because you know things like that need to be fact checked but yeah it's it's certainly not going to be if I'm just using tools like that so it's getting the the expert advice and the quality information that's that's going to be the the biggest challenge 
Yeah, and what's your uh, take on like the entire revolution that's happening with AI generative uh, generative search experience in Google? Like, how do you see that? How do you see our future? Is there a future for SEOs? Yeah, it's it's not going away. And like even John Mueller has said himself that you know SEO is is always going to be needed. It's it's just going to change, and that's what what SEO does. And as a as SEOs, we're always adapting to the new things. So it's just the the latest challenge. I mean, we've all panicked before when there's been other algorithm updates. So even when they said that they were switching to mobile first, everyone panicked yeah. then. Obviously, this is like a bigger change that's coming, but I'm just more interested to see what it happens. Obviously, I'm listening to, to everyone's perspectives, but it's all educated guesses at the minute because Google is changing even how they're they're doing it on on search labs at the minute and trying out different things. So more interested to see what it looks like when it finally rolls out everywhere and, and goes live and how the general public engages in it. Because I think like some it, it must be the only people using generative AI at the minute must be SEOs. I don't think yeah. there's any actual, any actual so. customers using it. So how we use it is going to be different from how they use it. So everything could could change then. So yeah, it'd totally. be interesting to see. I think it's um, it's going to affect some industries more than others. I think um, e-commerce is hopefully going to benefit from it, but I think affiliates are, are definitely going to struggle, and the more yeah. informational-based sites are, are, are going to are going to struggle, unfortunately. But that'll be our challenge as SEOs to work with those sites to see how we can we can overcome that and help them be more visible in in generative results. Yeah, totally. So now tell me, uh, how does your normal SEO day look like? Start with lots of coffee. That's, that's always the, the first uh-huh. one. Take the, dog, um, take the dog outside, sort him, have lots of coffee. Um, I usually start with clicking through like my client websites and just seeing if, if anything changes because I do have them set up on various monitoring tools. Um, so that does tell me if things change, but also something slipped through the cracks or as much as most of my clients do keep me up to date there's ones that do just release things with without letting us know or, uh-huh. or so the the devs just tend to, to sneak things through sometimes as well with without telling the client so i have a click around see what's changed um if anything most of the time not thankfully i've probably jinxed it now i'll go on on, on monday and things will change completely on all of my websites um <laughs> Have a look in, in analytics and do all that. And then, um, uh, especially at, at Journey Further, there's probably usually a couple of like morning meetings. And so we'll we'll go through those, attend those, present uh, whatever needs to be uh, presented. And yeah, just then crack on with, with various bits of, of client work. Finish work and then do more SEO <laughs> for, <laughs> for my freelance stuff. And then that usually goes fairly late on into the night until my wife finally gets me to stop because I'll just sit in front of the telly doing stuff as well and then she's like Nikki pack it in we need to go to bed or Nikki we need to go out and do this sort of thing but the same thing um, with me yeah my husband is like at eight is is telling me like maybe we can maybe you can finish and Mm -hmm. go watch something with me (laughs) yeah is he the same is he trying to take the laptop out of your hands and you're like just one more minute and just let me finish this one thing yeah, but he's an SEO too, so he understands oh. it, but he's not that obsessed, I think. <laughs> not that level. Just us. Just us yeah. that are that obsessed. It's good that he works in the industry as well, though. Yeah, it's it's nice to have to have a support uh, when I have like some questions. I don't know something. He's more experienced than me, so it's always like easier for me a bit. At least I I can better control my imposter syndrome this way. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And do you do you work over weekends? I try not to, but yes. Um, <laughs> Same thing. <laughs> yeah, especially again. Obviously, it's it's freelance that that I'm doing at, at weekends, um, which is why my life my wife likes us to do things on weekends and go out with the dog and go out with family, and then it gets me away from the screen, which obviously is is a good thing, and I want that too. But then I'm like, let me just do this one thing for the client before the end of the month, or let me just do this, but. Yeah, that, that's the thing as well. I do actually enjoy it. I, you know, I do enjoy SEO, so I don't mind sitting there doing things and making a difference for the websites and just digging into to what's happened now and, and what we can do about it. So, you know, if, if I didn't like SEO, that would be that would be a that would be a different issue. Yeah, yeah, totally. I can totally relate to that. 
And uh, how do you learn new things? What are your like favorites? Uh, do you have some favorite courses you have taken, books, like the, the resources for you to, to learn more, to stay updated? Yeah, it's mainly like um, websites, so like Search Engine Journal and Search Engine Roundtable and all those sort of things, but but podcasts. So there's there's various uh -huh. ones that, that I listen to on on Spotify. Uh, there in, again, including Women in Tech. This is turning into an advert yeah. for Women in Tech. Um, but but their podcast is is great, and there's there's various other ones um, that I do listen to. But yeah, the reason why I like podcasts is because it's it's you get the two perspectives, and you know get to bounce off each other rather than just stating a single perspective or a single finding within within an article. Yeah. It's nice to be able to do that, and then it's able to. I'm able to generate more ideas on the back of that as well. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. And you can like do something else while listening, uh, or you can listen at a faster pace, which I mm -hmm. like doing. Then you can consume more. Yeah. And what are your favorite SEO podcasts? Can you share? Um. Yeah, there's uh, Surfs Up. I think is is the Wix one. Um, mm -hmm. God, what else is there? Um. Yeah, oh, cool. Yeah, I'm uh, gonna have to get Spotify to to load yeah, in the background. Yeah, sure, sure. It won't work now, but um, you just have them on your list and you just listen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, literally. Um, but there's yeah. um, I mean, my Spotify is a mix of like murder and true crime podcasts and SEO podcasts. Uh -huh. It's it's a okay. very weird, very weird mix. If someone has a, ever has a look, they wonder what is going on with with my life but um which which is a valid question to be fair <laughs> but there's um yeah i mean like search engine journal show um go back to to that one and and a couple of others mm -hmm. um there was like a, a tech seo podcast i used to listen to um was that one yeah i think yeah it's i think it was by like salt or somebody like that i don't think that's going anymore but i um i used to listen to that i, I think it was literally I... called I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, I think I was listening to that one as well. And yeah, it's I I think it stopped some some time ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, which is a shame. Um, <laughs> I do listen to a little a little podcast called SEO Sly as well. Of course, nice, nice, <laughs> cool. <laughs> okay, and uh, have you ever taken like any SEO courses that you like really enjoyed and you can recommend? Yeah, I've done a few like Semrush ones. Those are always mm -hmm. always handy. Um, I think most of the ones I've done are, are Semrush podcasts, uh, courses. Yeah, really. courses. Yeah. Um, can't think of any off any others off the top of my head. It's uh -huh, it's been a while yeah. since I've done any uh, like Google certifications. Uh, could be uh -huh. handy as well. That's good for like especially Google Analytics, and obviously they've recently got like yeah. a GA four one, which GA4, is yeah. really handy. So I've um I've had a look at that. Uh -huh. but yeah it's, okay. it's been a while since i've done one i think the last time i did like a proper course was was during lockdown really uh -huh. which is a few years ago um yeah. Planted, but yeah and and since then you have been busy just working <laughs> working and listening to a lot of the podcasts that, that uh -huh. we just mentioned yeah and doing it that way yeah. but, cool and uh, can you share some final tips for people who are just starting out in seo is it a good time to start and how to get started successfully? I think it's always a good time to start as long as, you know, you know that things are going to change um, and you like change because that is yeah. the nature of, of, of SEO. But I, I, it depends on how you learn best. And I know everyone learns in, in different ways. But for me, honestly, having my own website was was the best thing. And you can it doesn't have to be, you know, myname.com website if, if you like dogs or you like art just create a, a little website about that and figure out how to get it to rank and the the thing that you learn from the most is breaking things yeah, and totally. if, you, if you break your own website it's annoying but that doesn't matter but if you break a client's website then that's going to cost them a few pounds and then you're going to be in trouble so that's I mean yeah that, that's how I found out what a canonical is and what a no index tag meant and why it matters and you know what not to do with them so it's like a, a cheesy answer but yeah create your own website try it and then I do think that the best way to learn is is agency side because you you get to learn a lot of things really quickly and the idea of and the uh, ability to bounce ideas off off of other people is it's invaluable and actually it can put you ahead of a lot of others in the industry by having that that collaborative nature and able to to work on lots of different things 
excuse yeah. me, at, at once makes makes a massive difference. And then, you know, you can maybe look to go in house after that if if that's what you like to do, or or then start doing it at freelance. But I do think you you learn a lot more agency side than in house personally. Yeah, totally, totally. I've been both, and yeah, I can totally. I can only actually like uh, recommend agencies for most. Of course, people, some people will enjoy in-house, but agencies for that learning path, I think, are the mm. best. Uh, who in the SEO industry do you think we should be following and we may not be following? Is there such a person you would like to give a shout out to? Um, there's, there's two. So uh, the first one is Arish, uh, Arish Abuwali from uh, Women in, in Tech SEO. I just think she's amazing and, and she does a lot for, for a lot of people, not just women, um, but a lot, of, a lot of minorities as well. And I don't think she gets half as much credit as she does because she's just constantly on the go and, and trying, to, trying to make a difference and, and build her community, which is amazing. And uh, Alida, Alida Solis, yeah. I think, you know, a, a lot of people in the industry know her and she's always sharing really useful insights and also tools on, on how to do things. And she's got lots of uh, spreadsheets that are really useful. And also just her newsletter is, is amazing. She's got lots of, uh, lots of information in there and it's a, it's a very large newsletter and it's, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's impressive. Yeah. You have just, I think, named my two favorite SEOs. So Oh, I'm nice. giving a, giving a shout out to them as well. Yeah, okay, I'm glad Nikki. You agree. Yeah, yeah, totally. Uh, Nikki, so can you tell me now where can people find you? What's the best place to connect with you? Anywhere and everywhere. Uh, Twitter is Nikki R. Halliwell. Uh, LinkedIn, Nikki Halliwell. My website, nikkihalliwell.com. My tech audit website is techseoaudits.com. Uh -huh. Um what else did I say? Oh, the TikTok and and Instagram and YouTube. I think they're all my name as well. And uh -huh. also check out Journey Further. There's there's lots going on over there. Just journeyfurther.com. Oh. Lots of lots of exciting things happening. Um, I'm on Mastodon as well. I don't know if anybody's still using that. There's a there's a few people still around. I feel like there was a a lot of people that jumped over there at, at one point, but now it's it's slowly dying down yeah, a little bit. But there's I still a, so. a little a little community going. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, I'm on there. So literally, anywhere and everywhere, you'll anywhere. you'll find me in some capacity, whether you want me or not. I'll I'll pop up somewhere. Okay. Okay. <laughs> cool. So Nikki, thank you so much for being my guest. I learned a ton from you. I think the audience learned a ton too. And again, thanks so much. No, thank you for having me. I was um I was really excited when when you reached out because I've I've been wanting to talk to you for a while. So I'm glad we finally got to properly connect. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Okay, so thanks everyone and see you in the next episode. Bye-bye.